Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon. The longest-running pop culture convention in central Oklahoma is back. SoonerCon 30 will take place on June 24th through 26th, 2022 in Norman, Oklahoma, starting with a membership drive in January. Visit SoonerCon.com for details. The Hellmouth Convention. The Hellmouth Convention is a celebration of all pop culture, but specifically things like Buffy, Angel, Firefly, and Dr. Horrible. It is held in Los Angeles, California, and the next event is scheduled for June 3rd through 5th, 2022. Proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship Fund. For more information, go to thehellmouth.org. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today I'm welcoming Val Nar to the show, and she and I are going to have a great chat about the intersection of mental health and fandom as part of our Fans for Healing project. But this one is extra special. This gets right into the heart of why I wanted to have these conversations. It talks about a very concrete example of somebody taking a fictional world and making their real life better. Let's get started. On tap today, we have Valerie Nar. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being here. This is, I'm looking forward to this chat. You are by trade a visual artist and you're very talented. Thank you. But we got to really know each other's work because you have a series on Twitter called Life Advice by Counselor Troy. And I have been so impressed with the direction you've taken that. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a neat idea because you're, it's not just memes. It's not just, it's not just jokes. It's, it's legitimate life advice that you probably can't get everywhere, not from your best friend. It, and I think about it because Counselor Troy may be the, the only counselor a lot of people ever talk to, and they don't even actually talk to her because she's not a person. Yeah. yeah that, that's exactly why I started to create this series, especially now during COVID, where mental illness is really on the rise and also access to mental health services that's gone down because you can't meet in person. There's also really long waiting lists, issues with insurance not covering it. People can't afford to get the help that they need. So I started thinking about that and I started thinking that maybe there's a way that I could help, but I could do it through a character that a lot of people know, a lot of people look up to. So I started doing this like role-playing series and I started thinking about issues that I see people having, things that people either have told me, I've seen on Twitter. And I thought about, okay, if I was going through this, what would I want somebody to tell me? And that's kind of how I came up with it. And that's how I come up with each of the posts. And then I try to organize them into themes, whether it's dealing with anxiety, bullying, depression, or so on. And that's a really appropriate building on that character. You're honoring the legacy because when the show was first made in the late 80s, 
the idea of having a ship's counselor was like really new and cool. And it was a departure from the original series. Absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, it, that became a weird, not, not weird. It became more than a weird little nod. It became a, she became a crucial character. Absolutely. Yeah. She went from being a side character to being like one of the core characters central to the show. You, you came to really appreciate how much help she was to everybody, how she, you know, how space travel and, and just life in general would really push people beyond their limits sometimes. Right. And just going out of your comfort zone, that sometimes it's, it's scary. The unknown is scary, but that's basically what the show was about. Going into the unknown, exploring uncharted territories. And they also incorporated that into mental health, which I think was really awesome. From your experience, do you think Counselor Troy is a good representation of what somebody would see in a counselor's office, the experience they would have? Um, well, I, I think for talk therapy, definitely, there's different types of counseling that they have out there. Like nowadays, there's so many different types. There's cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. There's so many different types. But as somebody that you would just go to to talk and maybe just get a different perspective on your problems, I think she was an excellent representation of that. And she was a, definitely a different perspective because you know, she was the, the softer, you know, more inward looking side of that whole crew. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody had this kind of brash go-getter attitude. And she was the one who would be, the, you know, telling you to step back and look at yourself. And that, you know, several shows later, we're dealing with people who are dealing with legitimate PTSD. And, you know, we're more comfortable talking about that because I think Counselor Troy kind of laid the groundwork for that. Absolutely. She was really the first that I can really think of that did that. And she was basically the whole conscience of that crew, mm -hmm. basically helping them decide between right and wrong, what, what's morally right versus me, me. And maybe even though it might be breaking the rules, it's still, so you have to, it's still more, something might be morally right. right. So you have to follow your conscience. And she was kind of vocalizing that conscience. And there was more than one occasion where somebody would be thinking, I'm totally okay, I've got this. And she's saying, no, you don't. Right, absolutely. A lot of times people were in denial. They, they think they're fine, they suppress it so much. And then, and, they, and then she makes them face it. And then they realize that they really weren't okay. It, it was just a coping mechanism, that denial, mm -hmm. that suppression. Not only that, I mean, you, you've also managed in a very brilliant way, I might add, to wrap in Marina Sirtis's role in this as, as the actress that played her. Yeah. You know, for anybody who's not super into Star Trek, she is a very different person from Counselor Troy, if you ever meet her in person. But she has one similarity in that she's a very good person to talk to. She's very caring and very open. Absolutely. And I think that there's a value in both of those women, the real one and the fictitious one, because I think they're, they both have a great approach to helping people when they see a need. Oh, definitely. They both are very vocal about try, trying to help others, about doing what's right, about standing up against injustice. And I definitely see that come through in, in Troy. Mm -hmm. 
have you met Marina at a con? I forget. I, I've checked your timeline, but. Uh, I did at a virtual con okay. last April, GalaxyCon. That's what I remember. Yeah. It's an experience. It really is. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> so have you had feedback from other people on Twitter who have been you know, as receptive to your project as I've been? Yeah, I've actually had people reach out to me and say, you know, thank you for posting this. I needed to hear this today. And people have actually told me like their personal stories about things maybe they were struggling with. And it's, people have actually been so much more receptive than I'd ever anticipated when I first started it because I just did it like as a little project. And then to hear that it's actually helping people when they're struggling. I mean, that's just... It, if I could even help one person, it's just an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think our community on Twitter and, and as a fan in general has really decided to step up to the plate and, and made easier for people is to, to look at people who are struggling and saying, how can we give you a little bit of a boost? Right. Definitely. It's a very supportive community. It is. And you know, there's so many people who add some toxicity to things. I, I don't want to dwell on that, but I just feel like saying there's so much good stuff if you just turn two steps to the right and look at mm -hmm. all these people who want to be your friend, want to help out, want to see you do well. Why would you want the alternative? Exactly. I, I, one of the things I think that we, we've really built with the fan community in general is that we're looking at this and you know, people in the 80s and even fairly recently didn't feel comfortable approaching mental health. Oh, it's been such a taboo subject that people have been shamed. Meanwhile, taking care of your mental health, it really shouldn't be any different than taking care of your physical health. And we didn't have a concept of that. And, and a lot of people, like we said, their first idea of this might have been looking at Counselor Troy and thinking, I wish I had somebody like that in my life. Yeah, definitely. I, I've also talked to people who said that they've watched the show and that she actually helped counsel them through their own issues. I also had somebody tell me that she actually helped them more than their real life therapist, that she gave better advice, even though they weren't talking directly with her. They were just watching the show. I mean, I, I hesitate to to throw that idea out there because you, we want somebody to place themselves in the hands oh, no, of our professionals, oh, but you're right. You're a hundred percent right in that sometimes just to show this written for somebody in your situation might be better than a counselor who is overworked, is understudied, just might've gotten the wrong idea. I mean, th there are so many cases where this might be the thing that helps you. Yeah, everybody's different. And yeah, definitely, I would recommend if you're struggling to seek help and don't just watch the show. But sometimes I mean, people, I, I think, maybe are more receptive because they're watching this for entertainment. And then when they see our character, it's like, wait a minute, that's exactly what I'm going through. So they, so maybe they're more receptive to listening to her. Mm -hmm. Are there other shows that you've kind of seen that effect come from? Uh, Doctor Who. I've, okay. I've I've seen people when they like when the doctor says something or River Song says something that they they take they take that and they and they really listen to it and how those characters have also helped them through difficult times. Yeah, I, I 
I've only seen a very little bit of Doctor Who. I'm I'm still a, dipping my toes in that water, mm-hmm. but I can see that for sure, and I respect that fandom quite a bit. I also think Buffy the Vampire Slayer has mm-hmm. that that effect on people. I mean the the show is written where the the monsters are allegories for human problems, mm-hmm. and that's. I, I really think that's an amazing concept that they just never really dropped the ball on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's definitely becoming more prevalent, especially in the sci-fi and fantasy realm. I, I mean, we, we, we talk, some people put down sci-fi because they feel like, well, this stuff doesn't happen. This stuff is not real. This stuff is, it's just fantasy you know, aliens and vampires and, and whatnot. But the the way our problems feel is not is not real either. We we we're used to problems feeling bigger than they are. We're used to feeling less in control than we really are. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's inappropriate at all to make that adjustment and say, well, maybe my depression is literally a vampire. Yeah. It helps to personify it. Mm -hmm. maybe the person with whom I can't get along, the person who's toxic in my life is a Klingon. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it more tangible, something that that you can communicate more and understand more with what you're going through. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those cases, I'm trying to remember who said it, um, but it doesn't matter, that when we have problems, and we don't understand them, sometimes giving them a name and a face gives us a little bit of an advantage over them, putting a label on them. We might not understand it anymore, but we know what we're talking about at least. It makes it more real, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a student of psychology by any stretch, but I, I understand that we don't really understand so much of the way the mind works. Yeah, there's so little we know about the human brain. The things we do know, we we took that approach of saying we recognize this pattern. We're going to put a label on it, mm-hmm. and that's why things that used to be considered mental disorders aren't anymore. Like people in the LGBT community, they used to be considered mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also other things that we didn't know about that now we're st- starting to learn more about, like ADHD where people oftentimes are being misdiagnosed with things like bipolar, depression, things like that. And they're realizing, oh oh, no, it's more neurological. Okay, so it's not that it's a psychological issue. So every day they're really learning new things. Mm -hmm. And in so many of the things we're learning, we're starting to get a better understanding, especially the general public, that these are not diseases that you either have or you don't they're spectrum disorders where maybe you have an effect here and there you have a little bit more than this guy but we can recognize that we're dealing with different degrees of possibly the same issue oh definitely and it's i, I want to I, I want to stress that i am not qualified to make these statements i'm not speaking from a position of, of any authority i'm just saying as a layperson who cares about people and, and, and who looks at the way we can make things better, that's what I'm seeing. Oh, definitely. 
yeah, people are starting, they're starting to become, I think, more open, more accepting. We still have a long way to go, but people are starting to post about their experiences online and become more vocal about it, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And for, for the longest time, we treated mental health care as this, this thing that you would only need if you had a serious problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, no, everybody needs, it's like a dentist. You need one twice a year, even if there's nothing wrong, it might keep things from being wrong. Right. And even like with medication and it used to be like, okay, it's okay to take medication if you're diabetic, but not if you're depressed. I think that's also starting to become more accepted by society. It's like, okay, it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you just need a little bit of help. Like if you had a physical illness. Exactly. So, I mean, without trying to, to dig too deep, and I, I would never want to make you, you know, talk about anything you feel uncomfortable with, is there a certain experience in your past that really pushed you to dig deeper into this topic? Um, well, I've, I've been diagnosed with anxiety, ADHD, and actually, for the longest time, I was, I was misdiagnosed with having bipolar, with having depression, because my symptoms were kind of, you know, atypical. What I wasn't really the outwardly hyperactive person. I'd have, I'd have what looked like mood swings or what looked like depression where, or where I would just kind of detach. I was, I was also considered, you know, like, oh, oh, she's absent-minded. She's stupid. You know, meanwhile, it was, I had inattentive ADHD. So it's, I'm still hyperactive, but it's more internalized. It do, you don't really see it outwardly. So for me, it was like getting that diagnosis. It was like, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why I am the way I am. I'm not broken. There's not something wrong with me. Okay. I have this issue, but you know, it doesn't make me a bad person. And I, I have it. I have certain limitations and that's okay. Everybody has limitations. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are physicists nuclear mm-hmm. physicists, astrophysicists, they can build a nuclear reactor or at least sit down with a piece of paper and draw one. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I draw something out of the Simpsons and call it good, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. It just means that that's not a talent I have. It's not a gift I have. It's not exactly. the way my brain works. Right. And everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. And that's what makes the human population so great is the fact that we're so diverse and we have different things that we can bring to the table. Because if everybody was the same, we wouldn't survive as a species. Mm-hmm. We, we have this idea that every, there, there's 7 billion people on the planet and they're all unique and special, like fingerprints, like snowflakes. Mm-hmm. But we still want to say there's one way the mind should work. And that's if it deviates from that, it's wrong. And yeah. that to me is the most confusing idea that we can say there's, there's 7 billion physical bodies, but only one mind, one correct mind. Right. It's like they almost want us to be part of like this collective, like everybody has to conform. And if you don't conform, you're wrong. Meanwhile, everybody's different and it's okay to be different. It doesn't make you better or worse than anyone else. We're starting to understand that the gifts people have are are unique and we need to run with that instead of saying there's one right way to be things. It, I, it wasn't even that long ago, maybe, maybe a decade ago, where if you were an introvert, it was looked at as being a bad thing. It was a behavior that had to be corrected. 
Absolutely. Especially in the professional world. And you know, it's like the world suddenly said, hey, wait a minute, these people that don't have, that aren't very outgoing, that don't have the, the verbose personalities, they're the ones doing our taxes. They're the ones checking our books and, and programming our computers. And, you know, we might not want to discourage them from being good at what they do. Right. They do a lot of like the behind the scenes work, but you need those people in order to have the people that are up front. They can't function without those people behind the scenes. And just because you don't necessarily see those people doesn't make their contributions any less valid. Right. And, you know, we're all talking about the team and, and the effort, but we, we need different kinds of people on the team. You can't have a baseball team of all shortstops. Exactly. And, I, I think that we've really hit that new point. And I wonder if, you know, projects like yours where we can have a, a more casual conversation about mental health might be the next step. Yeah. Put a friendly face on the counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and also it's somebody that people already know. Somebody, and maybe somebody people will be more receptive to than if I were just as me to say it. People really don't know who I am. They know who she is. So maybe they'd be more apt to listen. They're also, like you said, it's more casual. So it's a more relaxed environment. It's not this formal, you're sitting in an office with a therapist where sometimes people might feel intimidated. For sure, for sure. And out of curiosity, are you a Frasier fan by any chance? I've seen the show. I'm not like a huge fan, but I've, I've definitely seen it. I, the, the thought occurred to me while we were putting this episode together that if Counselor Troy is the only therapist that 95% of people know, if you add Frasier Crane, you're at like 99.5. Yeah. And yet they're just, just completely different. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure I would necessarily trust Frazier with all my problems. Counselor Troy, mm -hmm. I would. Definitely. The show was the two sets being next to each other didn't hurt any, I'm sure. <laughs> so when it comes to Trek, how are you feeling about the, the way this, the current seasons are wrapping up Prodigy and Discovery? No, I think, I think it's great because it's taking something that's a classic and it's modernizing it and making and focusing more on the issues of today and maybe things that we consider taboo today that bring to light just like, you know, the original series or TNG did during their time. They focused on issues that are really cutting edge that nobody talked about. But now it's like 30, 35 years later, we've progressed as a society. So it's great to see the show has as well. Mm -hmm. and People look at this and they say, well, you know, Star Trek was supposed to be a utopia. And it, you sure, but utopia looks different today than it did 50 years ago. The problems that we have to conquer might look different. So the stories mm -hmm. become different. Exactly. And I, I think there's a great way of, of saying that we, it's a renewal process that you know, maybe maybe the Federation has to take a nosedive for a little bit to correct some internal problems because that's how humans are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, humans are inherently flawed. It's not a bad thing, but perfection, it doesn't exist. 
and and even if it in a sense did it's what's perfect to one person might not be perfect to another person so this idea of utopia is different to everybody so there's always going to be problems there's always going to be struggles that we need to overcome growth is painful growth requires mistakes and that's true for the individual and it's true for the group definitely and i think that maybe that's something that that needs to be brought up on the show and in real life is that hey you, you made a mistake sucks but guess mm -hmm. what you're not a lesser person because of it right yeah sometimes you need to go through that pain in order to learn and it is horrible but if you don't if you don't experience it you're just going to stay in the same place you're going to be stagnant and we and then you're not going to progress and so we need to go through that on an individual and societal level if we ever want to keep progressing absolutely uh, and you know it can be up to each one of us like you said what that growth looks like every everybody's path is going to be different yeah. I, th I think that there's even a better idea of that there's so many different types of people, both human and non-human on, on the discovery that we, we really feel like everybody's going to have a place in this future, no matter what that's going to be. Right. Where people put us, where everybody puts aside their differences and you work together for the greater good. And mm -hmm. I think that's the central message that's coming through. Yeah. And, and what I, what I always like to hang on just a little bit is that they put aside their differences, not that they're are no differences because i think that's that might be the message that gets lost with some fans is that oh we all agree no we don't the, the, these people don't all agree but they they agree that the the, the greater good and the, the goal is what they have to work toward exactly so is there a project that you're working on now that you might be looking to talk about um well, I'm just basically continuing like that series. I'm looking into like like maybe different directions to take it in, and 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 it's constantly evolving depending on what I, I think the current need is of of like people in general. And like you were saying, with the greater good, that's what I try to focus on. Well, what's the, everybody like or a majority of people struggling with, and then I kind of redirect it towards that. I, do you feel like you might be running out of material since there's only so many counselor troy appearances in canon yeah but i you know that's that's when sometimes you know you kind of go off script or you kind of you know make make it almost almost like a fan fiction where you create your own scenarios and it does and it doesn't have to be like from the show you can kind of use that as like a springboard but, it, but when you do that and you kind of use your imagination, you could take it in, in so many different directions, which is like what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I could see this being something that would be very popular at a con, a bunch of fans getting together and just trying to, to come up with the, the Counselor Troy handbook to mental health. I could see that being a great exercise. Oh, definitely be a great workshop. And if Marina could like share it, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, the, I got to throw one thing out there because to defend Marina, to defend Counselor Troy, 
the the one joke almost everybody gives her is that she crashed the ship and (laughs) and she tells that story and she's like she's so mad that the one time she sat in the chair she crashed the ship and i always have to go back to saying no the ship was crashing she landed it Mm -hmm. that she she landed a ship with two thousand people and no last flight exactly she basically took a catastrophic situation and and minimized it but yeah there was damage to the ship but the main thing was no loss of life so i think in that sense she she was like the hero she saved everybody mm-hmm. and it should not be something looked at, down upon but really it should be something that should be focused on as a positive how mm-hmm. she how she could people could have died and they didn't because of her i mean at the end of the movie let's be honest she was on the bridge and the bridge was on kirk i mean mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just feel like I have to throw that out there. And I hope maybe she might, you know, realize that we're, we've got her back on this. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, Val, I don't want to take too much of your time because I'm, I'm enjoying this and I think there's a lot to this. I'm going to put links to all your information on the show notes on my website, AaronVosick.com. Okay. But where can people follow your information? What should I make sure I get there? Um, on my Twitter account, the Art Savvy Val. I always, I always post it on there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that will be there. And I strongly suggest people follow you because the life advice by counselor Troy series is going to be the highlight of your week. It is every time I see one pop up. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much, Val. I would love to have you back anytime. Thanks for having me. I would like to thank Val for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. I'd like to encourage you once again to go ahead and look up Val on Twitter. You can find her at ArtSavvyVal. Follow her and check out all of her awesome work, and follow the conversation of Life Advice with Counselor Troy. Don't forget you could subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.